Jen from North Carolina had this to say about the angel membership. I'm an empath. I was drawn to Julie's podcast, which I came upon randomly. I'm really interested in learning more about angels and ascended masters and how to connect with them. Also, I didn't realize when I signed up, I'm also on a healing journey. Angel membership definitely helps and guides that work and self journey. Jen, thank you so much for being part of the membership. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis, and you are in for a very, very special treat. We are here with Ellen Meredith, who just came out with a new book. She's an energy healer. Her new book is Your Body Will Show You the Way. Is that right, Ellen? Yes, Your Body Will Show You the Way, Energy Medicine for Personal and Global Change. Oh, it's amazing. Ellen has worked with the best across the board in terms of energy healers alive in today's world. And she is a magnificent, one of the great energy healers herself. So I am so, so excited for you to get to hear this conversation today. Ellen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Julie. I'm so happy to be here. And I want to say that behind you, you have a chalkboard that says, I love you, I love you, I love you. And my soul is just saying, well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Always putting out those vibes, right? Yeah. Always radiating that energy. Um, <laughs> amazing. Yes, if you're watching over on YouTube, I have my I love you board behind me. Alan, welcome to the show. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I started out in energy healing, um, went through an energy healing program, an intensive one in person, got uh -huh. into my very first session, and there were angels around the person who was on the table, my volunteer, and there were loved ones, and they were coming through with messages. Now, in energy healing, though, traditionally, we are to be silent as we're moving through the energy points, laying hands. And um, so this was interesting, but I still go to an energy healing practitioner myself once a month. Just I know we can work on ourselves, but I'm go, go, go mm -hmm. just to have her clear out my energy. And it's just the most delicious time of every single month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to start off with. When it comes to energy healing and clearing, there's so much happening in the world today, and we're all so fast-paced. How can energy healing t help folks to tune into themselves, to bring about their own intuition, and to really heal physically, emotionally, spiritually? Okay. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful question or set of questions. And I, I want to address it by saying, first of all, we're made of energy, right? It seems really solid here in our bodies, but we're made of, of energy. And our um, we're fueled by energy. We eat food and we get energy out of it. And our body, mind, and spirit are constantly communicating using the language of energy, of subtle energy. And it's just under our awareness. I mean, as infants, we all know how to speak this language before we get verbal. And then when we learn English or French or Chinese, we tend to forget that that energy is our mother tongue. Energy is like the, sorry, it's like the language of the universe. Energy right. is the foundational language of the universe. Right. And it's literally the language of the body. It's not a metaphor. And when I was a kid, I always used to say, wait, where's the user's manual? I don't know how to work this body. I felt like a head on a stick. And I just didn't know, like, how do I work this body? And I didn't realize that the user's manual is right there. And it's built into every fiber of our being and that we have access to guidance through it. Not only guidance from from angels and spirits and others, but guidance from what I call the wiser self, the part of ourselves that is part of spirit. But we also have guidance from the body, our creature self that I call your earth elemental self, because we're creatures like dogs and cats and bees and dolphins. And we have a lot of abilities that our culture has not taught us to recognize. Mm -hmm. So this is a roundabout way of saying that for me, energy healing, first of all, it's not silent at all, because it is about 
learning to participate with the language of energy, with, with this constant communication so that I can influence how I create a self, how I co-create our world, how I interact with the, those sources I come from, how I create an instrument that can play the music of my soul. And because I'm very tonal or sound oriented, that's a noisy prospect. <laughs> so, you know, when I go for an energy healing and someone else is healing me, even with a massage or something, but energy healing, sometimes I just sink into it in silence and receive, or sometimes I, I go into silent meditation and that's awesome healing. But I feel that we, there's a whole other part of energy healing, which is um, instead of saying what's wrong and how do I fix it, which is kind of what our, our culture does. You go to the doctor, what's wrong? How do I fix it? If we ask what's going on here, what is the dynamic, the exchange? What's the conversation happening between my body, mind, and spirit? And how can I bring my heart and my imagination and my soul and my learning and experience and, and thoughts and participation into that? How can I shift that dynamic for better well-being, to heal, to be well, to thrive? And that's a whole different way of thinking of healing, not so much as fixing what's going on or rebalancing what's gone out of balance, but how do I co-create from the inside out using all of what, what my spirit brings, including the words, right, and the language? Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious because everybody's definition is a little bit different. What are your definitions of healing? What's your definition of well-being or wellness? Okay. Well, I think of healing as coming into alignment with your truth. Okay. So it's possible that in the process of healing, I might get very sick. And that illness might be part of my healing journey or my healing process. So I don't see illness as a failure to heal or be well. I sometimes see it as a station that allows me to um, explore possibilities that I don't explore when I'm fully well. Um, so healing is, is more of that evolution or movement towards wholeness, right? And then wellness is is something from the inside out. I know that um, we have a very outside-in culture that says wellness is those glowing people, you know, who sell blender drinks on TV. Those are people who are, you know, <laughs> selling us wellness. <laughs> yeah, the infomercials. <laughs> and, you know, there's a whole market of wellness out there. But wellness doesn't look like that. For me, it looks like being in sync with the music of my soul, with my unique energies. And I believe each of us has unique energies. We're not generic. So my truth is going to look very different from your truth. Mm -hmm. And there are individuals who come into this life in order to experience chronic illness and healing of that on behalf of humanity. And bless them. It's not a failure when they get sick. They're working in the realm that they've chosen to explore. And everything they discover and everything they put together is a triumph for humanity, right? It's it's a yes. gift to all of us. They're they're holding up a piece of the sky. And I'm thinking, good, I'm glad I don't have to hold that part of the sky yet. But there have been times in my evolution where I was very ill and that was my work. That was my job is to figure that out on behalf of my body, my spirit, my mind, but also humanity itself. And so I, maybe that's too long an answer, but. No, 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 not too long an answer here. I was just writing down some, some more questions that were coming to me. When it comes to this, I think that that's wildly fascinating. I'm wondering if you could walk us through some stories that you have of people that you've seen kind of go through sickness and what does that look like as the body is communicating with them? Because I, I think that there can be this miss perception out there that if spirit was really talking to you, if the other side was really communicating to you, then they would just lay the information out on a platter for you to know <laughs> everything and for you to be well the next day. But that's not the dance that you're talking about. You're talking about something different. I mean, a lot of people, when they think about guidance, 
they think about that oracle, you know, the voice in the head. You remember that that child's toy that's a magic eight ball and yes. you shake it and then a message comes up for you? I think a lot of people expect guidance to come up like the magic eight ball. Like, here's the answer to the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and that can happen. I mean, I've had guidance like that. And, and for some people, that is a form their guidance can take. But the language of energy is almost more like sign language. It's very, it includes images, it includes sensations and feelings, it includes sound and rhythm and song, it includes um, direct knowing, it includes intuition and instinct or um, perception of a shift or a change. It's it's a really multi-dimensional language that definitely includes all your senses and more. So when you're in a process of healing, it is a process of learning to dip into that communication and asking different questions. Because if you ask what's wrong over and over, what's wrong, how can I fix it? You just get a pile of answer about what's wrong and you know everything about what's wrong, but you still don't know about what's right and what's needed and what could be of service. So I had a client some years ago, I've written about her in one of my books, I can't, I think maybe the language your body speaks named Sylvia. Sylvia had two kinds of stage four cancer and it had metastasized all over her body. By the time it got diagnosed, basically her Western medicine doctor said, there's not much we can do. You have about three months to live and we don't have tools that will do anything but make you very sick. The chemo will probably kill you just as quickly as as the cancer. And she said, you know, I don't want to go that way. So I'm going to go home and I'm going to deal with my affairs. She was a mother. She was a grandmother. She was, I think she was also a great grandmother. She ran a family business. She was the matriarch of a whole line of, of people that depended very much on her. And she came to see me because she said, I don't know if energy medicine can heal this. I don't come in expecting you to heal me. But I want to have the highest quality experience I can if, can. if these are my last three months, how can I, how can energy and energy medicine help me to come into myself? And so we talked about a lot of things. One thing that I teach is that often the names we get from Western medicine aren't helpful. Like when someone tells you you have cancer. What comes with that is this whole baggage about everybody's associations with cancer, right? If I say you have cancer, it's like, ah! In fact, I shouldn't even say that because I don't want to scare people. But cancer is like the last name Smith. Yeah. I mean, there are so many different types of it that we can't, we can't take on all that baggage and it makes it hard to heal. Yeah, I think the same thing about um, when we say mental illness. It's really brain health. It's the health of your brain. Right, and, right. And it's mental way. wellness. Yes, yes. It's mental wellness. So when we get a diagnosis like that, we either go into panic and we start living out the script that the culture gives us. Like, okay, this is a death sentence. I'm going to die. It's going to be miserable. Or I'm going to have to practically kill my body with the treatment in order to get better. So if you give it a different name or ask it for a name, often you can interact with it and it can teach you. So I said to her, okay, this is a situation, you've got these things that have been called cancer. I'd like you to invite it to give you a different name. Don't name it like a dog, but ask it, what's your name? What, what should, how should I call you? Mm -hmm. And she tuned in for a few minutes and she said, well, it wants to be called Nemo. <laughs> and, and now we're, I'm laughing, she's laughing. And I said, well, what are your associations with that name? And she says, well, the first one that comes to mind is it's like no chemo, right? Nemo. And I said, yeah, okay, that's a good one, Nemo. And then she said, and you know, it's a little lost fish. And it's a, a movie, you know, my grandkids watch it all the time. So it's a movie about finding a lost fish. And maybe I need to find Nemo. Maybe I need to find who this lost fish is. So then I asked her, what are the strengths you bring to this? What skill set do you have in life? And she said, well, I'm a mom. I can run everything. I can take care of everyone. I am really good at all the details of taking care of everyone. And I said, well, how good are you at taking care of yourself? How, how well does this skill set translate to you? And she said, well, that's probably where I need to do some learning. So we said, okay, so you're going to be finding Nemo. And you're going to be bringing that skill set of taking care of yourself. And, and she said, I know how to parent an infant who can't talk. And, and, you know, this is some dialogue between us. But she said, so I can parent this body that's ailing 
and see if I can figure out what it needs moment by moment. So that was her task is to start that dialogue, that interaction, because that's the thing is rename, interact or dialogue in whatever language that body speaks and use your strengths. So she said, I, I'm thinking that this cancer comes from a part of me that is pre-verbal because I've got everything together on the verbal level. So I'm going to treat her like an infant who's going to show me what she needs. And moment by moment, she started showing up for herself. And, you know, she had to put aside what she owed her family and, and her business and say, no, for the next while, I'm parenting this, this sick infant. And so she said about it. And within about two or three months, she was in remission. And she, 30 years later, she's still alive, never had cancer again. It healed because the part of herself that had not been addressed, that had not had any of its needs met, got its needs met. And it, it, it started having boundaries again because um, cancer cells often are cells without boundaries. It started to make self. It started to make boundaries cell by cell, moment by moment. And her body knows how to heal. All of us, our bodies know how to heal. So she didn't set out to heal cancer. She set out to encounter and heal herself. And in the process, the disease stopped screaming at her and she healed. And I've seen that happen over and over and over with people where when they begin to speak energy, and it was not all, hey, baby, what can I do for you? It was holding and rocking and cuddling and touching different places and bringing really nutritious inputs. Not that her brain said, I read about this, but her instinct said, yeah, today I need lots of orange. I need anything that's the color orange. And then today I need some blues and, you know, really working with all of the dimensions of the sensual universe. When she entered that space again, her body untangled the energetic miscommunications that were co-creating the cancer. And it, and I've seen that with almost every disease you could name, that, that process of healing from the inside out because you're reconnecting with that inner knowing, that inner guidance system. And it's not someone out here saying, do this, do that. It is really the GPS or guidance built into every fiber of the body and the mind and the spirit. I want to give a big thank you to Jenna Kutcher for recommending me as the top intuition and manifestation coach. Because of her, I'm featured in this month's issue of Goss Magazine. If you'd like to work with me, join my angel membership. A whole new year of content and live events begins January 1st. The biggest impact I've seen is the Angel Membership has helped countless people move from feeling stuck, grief-stricken, frustrated, anxious, lonely, or depressed to feeling constant support, joy, love, bliss, ease and peace because it's like they learn the angelic secrets to living life. I've watched so many souls take the tools in the membership and manifest the perfect relationship, the job they desire, or that special something that's been calling to them within their heart. So if your angels have been calling you to join the angel membership, that is a message. They're saying to you, hey, we know where you're going and we're trying to help you get there, but you need these tools in the angel membership to do so. If you need a scholarship, friends, a link is in the show notes below. If you want more info and a special promotion, use the link in the show notes to register for a discovery call this week. Don't miss the most transformative year of your life. Angel members, we start a whole new year together as a community on January 1st. Register today at theangelmedium.com. So this is fascinating for a couple different reasons. While I've gone through my spiritual awakening, I've noticed different ways that spirit comes to wake us up through seeing angel numbers, through seeing signs, through the passing of a loved one. And 
a couple of years into recording the podcast, they t- they call people like us vocal athletes because we're constantly talking and using our voice. I dis- uh, developed um, muscle tension dysphagia that's connected to some muscle or something kind of really deep within my chest um, right. where it almost feels like a heart attack, you know, when I talk too much. And it led me on this very long journey of changing how I eat and taking care of myself and doing different things, brought me into somatic work, brought me into embodiment work, totally another level. But it showed me very clearly because I believe that as healers, we are often led, like you said earlier, on these journeys of discovery so that we can turn around and show other people what we found. Right. But as I've gone through this, it's very, very clear that they're going to, when I say they, the other side is going to wake us up. Yes. In one way or another. Right. The seeing signs, the angel numbers are kind of like this gentle nudge. And there is this deeper piece of, I don't want to say if we don't listen, but there is another way of them coming through and waking us up Um, because they don't want people to feel bad if they have something going on, like they weren't listening to the angel numbers or signs, because I don't think that that's true. There's just something deeper there that we have to wake up to. Um, Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I really believe that the body speaks to us through symptoms and through um, shifts in how it functions and how the energies move and 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 um, circulate which can affect how our organs work and it really speaks to us and it and often it'll start out kind of subtle with a little hint like you know i get a little bit of a headache or i i itch over here or you know my arm doesn't work as well or something and if i don't get the message then maybe it shouts a little louder and it shouts a little louder and by the time we get to a diagnosis of you know some some really um, named thing, it's a pretty loud shout, um, and but it's also a teacher and a gift because it forces us to stop and finally address what it was hinting at before. And so often, um, you know, we think of uh, illness as failure and plague, and I think we need to shift that and say it's it's teacher and guide, but it's also. Uh, an invitation to enter into different kinds of communication and to learn from it. And so it's not about, oh, I missed the message and now it's shouting and oh, I, I'm, I'm a bad communicator. Because any, if you know any healers who are amazing, fabulous healers, uh, you know, I studied with Donna Eden and she's a miracle of, of a healer. She's wonderful. But she's had illness after illness and, and disease and interesting physical challenge after physical challenge because her body speaks so strongly to her. And mine is the similar way is mine often somatizes really quickly before I even get an inkling of what's going on spiritually. I've broken my wrist or I've, you know, something else has gone on that that wakes me up to a situation that is a place that I have to function differently and learn differently. And I agree with you. I think we're in a time of massive awakening. I really think it's a sea change. It's not just wake up to how things are, but wake up to our ability to change how things are and work very much more from the spirit outward or from from the inside out. And I really believe that that within that awakening, our very linear, very binary brains are not trained adequately to perceive or handle this larger truth we're being asked to awaken to. So we have to find new language. We have to find new messengers, both within ourselves and within our imaginations and within our perceptions that can open us to think outside the box of the sort of straightforward rational denial that is our societal norm. I mean, there's lots of cultures where angels are normal, where spirits are normal, where we listen inward for truth, where we heal from the inside out. That's not Western, you know, North America and Western Europe for the most part. And so each of us has to not just learn to access this, but 
really retrain our brains to responsively and in a grounded way handle a different perspective, not just a larger perspective, but a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I've met people who just want to blow their awareness open, you know, who want their Kundalini to rise and blow them open or something. I don't think that's particularly pleasant. It's, it's really, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to blow my instrument apart. <laughs> I really want to evolve it to handle more and more depth and and different kinds of configurations than it was trained by my parents who blessed them were living in a very different reality and creating a very different reality. If I want to create a different world, and I really do, I, I really think there's lots of things that, you know, if they gave it to me, I would redesign. And I think that a lot of us are saying, yeah, I'm going to redesign my part. I'm going to bring imagination. I'm going to bring words. I'm going to be a messenger, but not a messenger of here is the truth. It's more like here's a note that I can add to the chorus that's going to make us hear the glory of spiritual expression and the expression of of all that is more beautifully, you know, more beautifully expressed. And, you know, I think our culture flattens us into very kind of tone deaf ways of living. Yeah. And I think it's about reactivating the music of the soul. I mean, you know, that's my language for it. But absolutely. I've got so many questions here. I got so many different directions I want to go. Okay. So as I've been going on this journey myself of listening to my body, of really working with spirit to figure out some different health challenges, the one thing that has continued to surface over and over again, and I think this is very interesting because so many empaths and highly sensitive people listen to this show, is is I always thought of being empathic and highly sensitive in terms of the external world, like how I deal with friends and family, how I feel like just the energies of the collective consciousness moving through. But it's also, I am highly sensitive to everything I put in my mouth, everything that I eat. I am highly sensitive to caffeine where I can't take it, highly sensitive to medications where I was diagnosed as treatment resistant, highly sensitive to just everything where it impacts me and i think i feel it differently than other people how do those who are highly sensitive empathic who are really feeling everything externally and internally to the nth degree work with this any tips here yeah great question (laughs) a great question um that and in fact both of my books but particularly this latest one your your body will show you the way i go into lots of specifics of how can we do this how can we evolve our instrument to handle a new awareness a new away this new awakening or the old awakening that's coming through how can we restructure ourselves to be more resilient so that we we are sensitive but we're not um, whacked by it all the time and you know i i've just got masses of of energy medicine that we can do to help that i can i teach a little energy medicine exercise i would love that okay so what i want to say is in the book i look at you know how can we evolve our instruments and i go into six different areas of it one is what i call gatekeeping which is how you create an identity or uh, protect that identity your gatekeeper keeps the gates of self right it says what can come in and what has to stay out what's mine what's not mine and it's that protection that lots of sensitives feel like oh everything comes at me and i can't protect myself. So I have a whole bunch of gatekeeping skills. Um, I have skills involved in what what I call grounding, but grounding actually has a lot of different aspects. You know, we think of grounding as, you know, put our roots down like a tree. But I don't think that's robust enough in the new kind of global um, consciousness that's emerging. Um, Because you think about grounding wires, that's about wicking off energy you can't use, right? A grounding wire takes away energy you can't use. Well, how many of the sensitives out there, you don't know how to let go of the energy once it comes into your field. You aren't grounded because you can't wick it off. Well, I have a question here, you know, because I... I have an easy time. I can get into it in two seconds where I can be floaty in my auric field and oneness and just in a completely blissed out state. But 
I haven't found a rooting meditation or system where I feel the same level of energy as when I'm in the floaty. Yes, yes. And I've got several exercises in the book that do that because the other aspects of grounding are rooting, which is about getting nourishment in, centering, which means that you're in the center of your instrument, not floating out there, and anchoring, which means you're connected to wholesome um, anchors so you don't float away, but you're not tethered to something unhealthy that keeps whacking you. And so it's a whole bunch of skill sets. And I, you know, I can't, some of them are hard to teach on the radio or on the, on a podcast. Um, but I want to give you an exercise that will do some of that, that that's easy to do. And um, basically, it starts with a, a little piece of energy dialogue. A lot of my exercises use ways to talk to the body that are not just your brain and not just your imagination, but actually use touch or color or sound or movement, all of those. So what you're going to do is, um, if you're not driving, <laughs> is you're going to shut one eye and you're going to take your first and, and middle fingers. And so you're going to put your middle finger on the eyelid, but over your eyeball, and you're going to put your first finger on the bone that surrounds your eye. So basically, you're connecting the bony surround and your eyeball. Now, this little hold, um, and it's right on the eyeball itself and right on the bone. And this hold itself, I call either quick, quick, calm, quick, calm, or um, the electrics I hold because it calms the electric system of your body or the nervous system of your body, which once it goes into reactivity, you come untethered very easily. But what we're going to do is we're going to do that hold with one hand. And then with the other hand, you're going to hold uh, on your second chakra, which is right between in the center of your body in the front between your belly button and your pubic bone, you're gonna just place your hand flat there and do this electrics hold, okay, or this quick calm. And just feel into it and breathe. Now this second chakra is an energy center that's all about your authentic self. So what you're doing is grounding into your authentic self. You're creating a kind of grounding wire that balances inside and out because your eyeball goes right into your brain inside. And so that finger on the eyeball goes right into the inner realms. And then the bones are kind of the structure that meets the world. So that's kind of grounding inside and out with the authentic self. And then you can move your the hand that was on the second chakra up to your your solar plexus, which is your third chakra. Those of you who don't know chakras, just go with the body part in the middle where you, you touch your stomach area. You're just going to hold those two together. And this is the area that relates a lot to the self you create in this world, your identity, how you cope in life. And again, we're bringing that message of balance between inside and out balancing the electrical signaling of the body, which is very binary, to this area of who are you? Are you an inside? Are you an outside? Are you both? And you're balancing both. And we'll go through this fairly quickly. You can go slowly or quickly. We're going to go up to the heart area right in the center. It's called the high heart. It's just sort of over from where your heart is. It's right above your thymus, if you know where your thymus is. And you're just going to hold there and, again, hold this electrics high hold. If you don't have two hands that work, you can go back and forth between the two positions. But otherwise, use both hands. Don't visualize it. Really do it because you get the, the body gets the memo when you really do this with your hands, with touch. And just feel the heart is your outreach, your connection. It's your self-expression in the world. It's how you connect in. And it is the electrical center of your body. So you're calming all the electric and electromagnetic of your energy field by doing this hold. And then the fourth place to hold is at your third eye on your forehead. So you're just going to put your hand flat on your forehead, continuing to hold this electrics eye hold or the, the quick release, relax hold. And this is your vision. This is yourself that, that sees into the world. And it's kind of the seat of your wiser self. So you're balancing the energy of your wiser self with this inside out 
dance that we have. We're inside, we're outside, we're always in a constant exchange between inner and outer. And so doing this hold tells these or invites these two aspects of self to balance. Okay. And I went through it a little quickly. You can, like I said, you can do it slowly or quickly. What does that feel like having done that? Yeah, definitely like a more grounded. Right. In your body feeling. Right. And it's a different form of grounding because it isn't about visualizing yourself as a tree or, you know, even spooning the bottom of your feet as we teach in Eden Energy Medicine. It really is about talking to different aspects of yourself that get ungrounded by the challenge of being alive. I mean, our, our life is a constant movement. It's a, it's, a, it's a moving, shifting dance, and it's not a fixed reality. So grounding isn't about fixing yourself somewhere. I mean, it's good to have anchors, but you can't stay fixed. Everything moves. So how do we reinstate ourselves in the midst of this moving reality? And I just give lots and lots and lots of energy medicine techniques like that and practices and explorations that help you understand, dive into what does it really mean to ground? What does it really mean to come back and center in yourself? Well, I really had an aha moment where you're talking before we did the exercise where you were saying, you know, pretty much the aha moment is our bodies right here. If you are a spiritual person, if you're highly empathic, if you're sensitive, if you're an intuitive, anybody, because I believe that healers are in every single line of work. Yes our bodies are here on earth managing the awakening of the collective consciousness the evolution of the human consciousness and that's a huge job for our physical bodies to be managing absolutely just like if you're an oboe and you have to play mozart i mean that's a sacred trust how do you how do you keep yourself how do you as a musician keep your instrument pure and clear and clear to phlegm so you can play the sacred music of mozart you know and and so this body it is our instrument and when it's all clogged and and unable to play the music of the soul then that's where we have to spend all our attention and we get very frustrated because, you know, just to have the instrument isn't the point. It's to be able to to play it and and express ourselves through it. So, yeah, I I really two things. I feel like in our culture, we're taught that the body is an object. It's this thing. And we even talk about I'm inhabiting my body. I'm coming into my body, not I am my body, you know, but I'm coming into this thing that is a body. Well, I believe that's a misconception, you know, part of the many misconceptions in our culture. And I think that um, what my inner teachers have taught me and what I see is that we are a spectrum of being and the body is just the most physicalized. It's it's the intersection of this spirit that I call Ellen or, you know, my this larger self that that is referred to as Ellen Meredith. My body's the intersection with the word of world of solidity of the manifest world. My mind is another density of this same creature, the same consciousness, and it it goes all over the place, right? It, it's in the now, like the body, but it's all over the place: past, present, future, world of of imagination. That's that's I call that my talking self instead of the mind. And then the the wiser self is another dimension of that same thing. We are a spectrum of reality. So to treat the body as either this dumb creature or this inconvenient um, envelope or this you know this ina- inadequate. Uh, vehicle, I think misses the point that this is your spirit. This is. And if it's expressing um, some inability to be the instrument that it wants to be, then showing up for yourself to help it be the best instrument for the music it's here to play mm. is is our task. It's, you know, we, our consciousness needs to learn, our mind needs to learn how to be a better musician for the instrument. And, you know, I use the example of oboe. I didn't play the oboe, but I had friends who did. And if you don't clean the phlegm out of your oboe, it gets really funky and nasty really quickly. So part of learning to play the oboe is learning to clear the oboe and clean it. Part of learning to play the oboe is learning to make reeds because they're too expensive to buy, (laughs) you know? And I sort of feel like we don't as children learn the care and feeding and technique 
for working with these bodies in a in a very aware, loving way that that respects that they are our spirit peeking out into the world. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm so I was so excited to have you on the show because all of 2023, starting January 1st, the entire year in my angel membership, this is what we're talking about going into the physical body, learning to tune into the physical body, learning to clear out everything because um, spirit said so many people right now are just so overwhelmed from everything that right. we've been through the last three years. So many there's so many moms too out there who don't oh. have a moment to themselves because they're getting up, getting their kids ready. You know, every moment is just taken up and eaten up. We have to make this space for ourselves, even if it's just a sliver every day, because if we don't keep that instrument clear, it's just going to, for me, when I do energy healing with folks, I can feel the compounded energy within a person if they haven't worked on it. There's a right. lot of clearing to get that out, which we're going right. to work on. Right. Clearing. And also, you know, I've come to, to talk about it as transformation because too often, especially from the influence of psychology, it's this notion that somehow if you clear your blockages, you're magically going to be in the right place. But if you think about an alcoholic who drinks and drinks and drinks every time they um, meet a difficult circumstances stance, they're not only being altered by the alcohol, they're being they're failing to develop the skill set or the experience set of of wellness. So even if you remove the alcohol, that doesn't mean they're suddenly healthy and thriving. They still have a learning curve about how do I be a human being without trying to escape it? You know, how do I how do I be here now comfortably and 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 in celebration that isn't about inebriation? So what I am thinking about these days is not just how do I clear, but how do I work with energies in a way that I can transform them and use them and and celebrate them without this notion that I first have to clear before I can be real, before I can live. Because I, you know, I'm a sponge, so I'm probably going to spend the rest of my life clearing all that guck that got backed <laughs> up. You know, and I, if you can't live your life, I mean, sometimes, yeah, I have to clear a space. But how, how can I repurpose and re-gift some of that stuff and not just clear it out? And I've got lots of exercises in both of my books that deal with that too, because I just don't think it's practical, especially for those of us who are sensitives and sponges to, to put, um, and, and this isn't a criticism of what you said. I think I agree a hundred percent with what you said, but I want to sort of add, if we reframe the notion of clearing as repurposing, re-gifting, redistributing, re renaming, then it's it clears right away because you don't have to get it out. It serves a purpose and we transform it to serve a different purpose. And usually the 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 body will go along with that. I mean, you know, it, you think about a young kid who's got mom's keys, right? And mom's they're holding the keys and they won't let go and they won't get let go. The way you get the kid to let go of the keys is to hand her something else that she also wants. You know, take something shiny, hand her something else, she drops the keys. And I feel like we need to work with our earth elemental self a little that way of, okay, you don't want to let go of this, this um, behavior because it served you when you were three. So what shiny other object that's more wholesome, but that's going to attract you, can I offer you that's going to make you drop it? And when you drop it, how can I put it somewhere that you don't freak out that you've lost it, but you're not in a hurry to grab it again because you've got, you know, maybe I give you plastic keys that are even more beautiful. So you don't need mom's ugly keys. You've got your more beautiful ones. So I really feel like we need to learn, every, use everything we know from our imagination, from stories, from from the world of how we interact with with children and and other creatures to work more skillfully with with our earth elemental self our body self and also with our mind because the mind is very tenuous of this is how i've 
taped out reality and don't tell me it's not reality. I know what reality is and of course ignores all the things that don't fit that. So how do we how do we gently it's like it's like a wild animal. How do you get it to come out and eat or do something that's good for it? You know, what 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 are you going to tempt the mind with that will um pull it out of its cave and out of its locked space rather than trying to beat down the doors or force the doors open and say you must see it a different way. It's like how do we um how do we offer that that other alluring truth that will will cause us to open and drop that um that that fixed hold that's that's keeping us stuck that's amazing so wanted to ask you this you and i know the benefits we work on people all the time we're always doing doing energy healing work for people who don't understand they're they're maybe at the beginning they haven't gone through the process of how you work through this work it out of the body bring in a new energy um, share that energy as a gift what would you say the benefit is after you've done the work you're to a place of healing you're to a place of wellness how does your life look different how is your life different what is the benefit okay well that's interesting i kind of have two answers to that and i kind of want to go back a step and answer a different question and then answer that because i think that in our culture you know the body speaks two different languages it speaks chemistry and it speaks energy. And we're real familiar with the chemistry and most of us don't doubt when a doctor says take this white pill and you're going to feel better. I mean, you know, how weird is that? If you come from a culture that doesn't have this, it's like why does this little white pill work differently from that little white pill and why do I have that trust that changing my chemistry can change my health? But when we go to the energy communications that run the body, we don't trust that an energy intervention of some sort will change how the body functions. We we don't trust. So, you know, the equivalent of that that little white pill is maybe just a little moment. Like say you're feeling really upset and you take both hands and you put them on either side of your face and you co console yourself. And you just hold and breathe and maybe rock. How does that change how you feel? How does it try this out there? You know, if you're even if you're not upset, you know, see what it does to hold both hands on either side of your face, you know, cradle your face and maybe rock a little and, you know, feel that energy of consolation. What shifts when you do that? What shifts? And so the small answer to that of what energy medicine does is it teaches us how we can moment by moment shift what's happening so it doesn't snowball into deep illness or step those screams back to whispers and suggestions rather than screams by showing up and participate in participating in the energy circulation that's creating this this body situation this health and whatnot so the the short answer is in any moment how can i show up how can i um, participate how can i infuse this moment with something different and something better and tr transform the energy and so um you know all of us know the experience where we're feeling like crap and the phone rings and it's our best friend and all of a sudden we don't feel like crap anymore right we're happy and it's like oh my god the world is good again and we have the power to do that transformation moment by moment from the inside out healers energy healers i think the best ones of us yes sometimes we can untangle just like i can't massage myself a massage heal a massage person can do things that are really helpful <laughs> and i believe it's worth going but ultimately if i don't learn how to relax from the inside out i'm wasting my 125 150 dollars because i go i get massage i get all relaxed and two hours later i'm tense again i have to understand the core of why and how i'm tensing up and using my body in that way and so with i think the best energy healing teaches you how to work your instrument your particular instrument and your particular energies and how to work with them in ways that that really 
are effective for you. And it's each person is as unique as a thumbprint, as Donna Eden likes to say. So it's a different question each time. So for me, yes, if I'm working and I'm doing, you know, the massage approach to energy healing, sure, I'm untangling things and helping people that they can't reach. But I never let them leave a session without teaching them one, two, or three core um, skills that they can do for themselves, with themselves, not as homework, but as self-care activities. And then ultimately, that's where I've gone with my books, is I'm much more interested in in healing from the inside out and self-care at this point than I am, you know, the, even the services of energy healers. I think we all, as energy healers, need to be energy teachers, even within a session where the person's lying on the table and moaning and groaning and happiness. So how can it change you? I think it changes you to pull you out of that passivity that someone else is going to fix you mm -hmm. and say, I can see that this can change. I can show myself in a moment by consoling myself. I can see ways to open this up. I can see tools that help differently than the little white pills. And that's how it changes you. And ultimately, it can also heal. I mean, I've had people, I've been doing this for, um, oh, I've had a practice for, what, 38, 39 years now. I've worked with over 10,000 people. Yeah, I've seen them heal some really impressive illnesses, cancers and arthritis and chronic illness and weirdo stuff. I've seen it heal. But ultimately, I really feel that it's because um, we are healing what it's trying to express as, a, as an internal disconnect or dysfunction or or miscommunication pattern and and so all of us can heal really quickly in a moment because we have basic communication skills and then we can build on that to go deeper so even though sometimes it's a journey you know if your body's screaming every which way sometimes it's a journey I've also seen people hook up one thing that was unhooked that wasn't wasn't allowed communications and have a miracle healing from one moment to the next so I'm, I, I feel like we need to get away from that notion of what fixes us and to say, why would I not want to be able to communicate and participate in my own creation of self? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. All right. One last question for you. There are so many people in the world who have this energy of a really chronic overwhelm from the last couple of years. Um, yes. For some people, it's kind of feeling to them like a rut, maybe, or like they're on the rat treadmill, right, where they just can't seem like they can get off of of that treadmill but it's a compounding of the energy too what are you recommending right now to people that you're working with who have this very intense overwhelm do you start a little bit slower with them do you jump right in yeah where are yeah. you go? how are you working with this energy right now of course it depends on what the overwhelm is um and I think that a lot of it has to do with an imbalance that we all have, which is we've all been schooled to see ourselves from the outside in and take the world in. And that is the outer authority rather than um, generating our experience from inside. So, you know, if I feel restless, what do I do? I go online and I look for something or I watch another video or I, I look for something to stimulate me from outside. And I think that one of the issues with the overwhelm is that we most of us are chronically disconnected from ourselves. We have an inner disconnect that that is just chronic because the world asks that of us. So there's a whole lot of ways you can connect up in my book. I my new book, Your Your Body Will Show You the Way. I have a whole chapter called Just Connect. And, and I have exercises that again, how do you connect in? And often it's using the hands. It's not using your imagination. It's, it's connecting into different energy centers or energy um, entryways in the body. And you can create your own. You don't have to use the ones that I've come up with. So one of the ways I work with people is working on moments of connection. And if you take that word overwhelm, you have to ask the question, I often do, well, if you're overwhelmed, what would whelm look like? You know, I know what overwhelm is, but what is whelm? What is it when you're just whelmed? I love it. And what whelms you in this life? And then I send them on a treasure hunt. Okay, so for the next week, your goal is to find moments of whelm, 
moments of connection, moments where what is here is just enough. Put aside all the thoughts and ideas and incoming. In fact, turn off as much incoming as you can. Put your phone away, etc. And say, I'm going to practice two minutes of whelm where I'm going to find a color that pleases me or I'm going to find a visual that pleases me or I'm going to listen to a sound that pleases me or I'm going to produce a sound that pleases me. I'm going to try a movement that my body feels like it needs right now. I ask my body, how can I serve you? What is one thing you would like right now? And the other day, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, with all of the all the ways that we receive experience, um, that's that's the source of whelm. And the other day, you know, I was really overwhelmed and you know, spinning out in all these thoughts. And so I stopped and I said to my body, What do you need right now? What do you want? And it said, I want to go back to bed. And I my brain did this. It said, Oh no, I've got too much to do today. I can't go back to bed. <laughs> And then I thought, well, it didn't say I want to go back to bed for 10 hours. It said I want to go back to bed. And I thought, yeah, I got out of bed and I wasn't quite ready to be done. So I went, I got back in bed with all my clothes on. I pulled the covers up. I hunkered down with my little bear. And I I lay there and I kind of breathed. And I thought, I don't know how long I need this. And about three minutes later, I thought, well, actually, yeah, I'm whelmed. Now I'm ready to get out of bed. I just hadn't, I hadn't been quite ready to get out and get going. And my body was really all disconnected. I went into that safe little womb, I reconnected, and I was whelmed again. And then I got out and then I wasn't so overwhelmed by my day. So that's what I work with is don't fight the thing that's bothering you. Look at its opposite and say, how can I cultivate what I'm apparently missing when I say I'm overwhelmed or doing differently you know how can i do it differently so so i can bring well men that's amazing that's amazing oh my goodness um ellen meredith you are just amazing thank you so much for being here and taking time out of your day to be on the show oh thank you so much for having me julie and i still love that you love me so much with this board behind you so anyway <laughs> i'll take it and i hope that that energetically the people out there feel really loved by both of us and by this conversation not in that fake you we love you but that love is about receiving people and do you feel that you can receive yourself and you can receive others and that we can receive you not because we've got the right answers but we're struggling too and here's some tools that might might help you help you on the next step of your journey I love it. I love it. Tell everybody where they can find your books. Um, I know I got mine over on Amazon and also yes. where they can find your website. Okay. So my website is easy. It's my name, ellenmeredith.com. And that's M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H in case you're spelling challenged, ellenmeredith.com. Dot com and there's access to all different other things there i've got videos i've got a do-it-yourself divination tool that's really fun to play with and i do have some links to where to get my book books but um actually my books are on any bookstore that you go to at this point you can just order them online in any online bookstore or you can um find you know ask your local bookstore to order them so that you know they come out from new world library that at least these two i have some another book that you can get through Amazon. Thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Thank you so much for this service that you do to the world. And bye bye, everyone. Have a lot of fun finding your whelm this week. <laughs> Beautiful soul. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know, I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today.
And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at angelpodcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.